Hey everybody, welcome back to Rise and Shine, a show looking at life through the perspective of four Asian American teens living in the Pacific Northwest. I'm Grace. I'm Sophie. I'm Ava. And I'm Lauren. And today, we're going to be talking about a pretty serious topic. I'm not sure how to start this, but let me just outright say it. So, I had COVID. And if you <laughs> if you have been around for a while, you know that the new... Um, variant kind of made an appearance here in America and a ton of us got it and I want to share my story about that and I'm a little bit scared because you know we have a platform and we're supposed to be talking about how not to get COVID and for the longest time we've been lecturing people about wearing their masks properly, social distancing, getting vaccinated and since one of us got it, I feel like it's right for me to, you know, kind of talk about it and share. It feels really weird because I'm like, oh, I had COVID. It kind of sounds like I'm bragging, but at least I can tell you guys about my experience and stuff. So basically, I think I know the exact moment I got COVID. I didn't really talk to anybody about this, but basically, uh, no shade to her. But I have a very, very close family friend, and she's an elderly woman, and it's just her and her husband in their mansion, <laughs> and um, she had COVID, so I wanted to be a caring, nice person, and I wanted to make like a little care package, like a get well soon package, so, you know, I gave her juice shots for immunity, and I got her like hand sanitizer and I also got her some groceries and I went to go drop that off at her house so basically she has like these sliding glass doors um and right behind them she has like her kitchen and she was like doing something in the kitchen I think and she saw me through the glass doors um so she came out and I like ran away because you know I didn't expect to see her and I didn't bring my mask because you know I thought she would be, like, sleeping or something. <laughs> so um, she came out, and I think then we were maybe five feet away from each other. And I am second-guessing that because I was running away from her. But it could have <laughs> been highly likely that when I was in contact with her, I got it. Um, that was Saturday, I'm pretty sure. It was a Saturday on the weekend right before we were coming back to school from winter break. And then on Sunday, I woke up and I had a sore throat. And I often have a sore throat because I talk a lot. I do like radio stuff every single day, so it's normal for me. But it was like a different kind of pain. And immediately, my instincts were to, I have like an entire procedure whenever I have a sore throat. So I did everything, you know, like salt water, gargle, honey tea, immunity, like juice shots, all of that. And it still didn't go away. So I decided to um, just not do anything on that Sunday. And it slowly started to get worse from that. It was kind of scary, actually, because, you know, a sore throat eventually led to a fever of 103 degrees, which is, which is really high. And I didn't know it at that point until one of my good friends, Nathan, he was like, oh, by the way, um, once you hit 105, your organs start failing. 
And I was like, <laughs> what? Um, so it really scared me. Um, on top of a fever and a sore throat, I think I was just feeling really weak. That's the best way to describe it. I explained it to my friends, like, as I was lying in bed, if somebody told me to get up and do a jumping jack, I wouldn't be able to do it. And right now that feels so weird because, you know, as I'm recording this, I have enough energy to do like a million jumping jacks. So I can't believe at one point I felt like I couldn't even get out of bed. I was that weak and my body just felt like, I don't know how to describe it. Like I felt like I wasn't in control because I felt so sluggish and I was doing everything I possibly could but it just kept getting worse. So that was Sunday night. And then obviously Monday and Tuesday, I didn't go to school. Um, Monday afternoon, I got a rapid test. It came back negative. And then the next day on Tuesday, I got a PCR test. And then on Wednesday, it came back positive. I might be a little bit off with the dates and everything, but it was, it was really disappointing. I remember I was freaking out because I was like, oh, shoot, do I have COVID? Um, And I was talking about it with Sophie. And Sophie was like, girl, you're fine. And I was like, you know what, girl? (laughs) I am fine. Um, And then I remember texting her. I was like, oh, rapid test came back negative. And she was like, yep, yep, see you tomorrow. (laughs) Um, And then I decided to get a PCR test. I needed to get one anyway, but... The reason why I got it was because I started to feel worse. Um, So basically, we got the PCR test. I got the results. And I remember I woke up. Okay, wait, wait, wait. We need to backtrack. So all of this stuff is happening. And I remember the night before I got my PCR test results back, I decided, you know what? I'm going to take some medicine. I'm going to do this. And I'm just going to sleep. And I woke up from the nap and it was 11 p.m. And I felt so good. For the first time in a couple of days, I had a ton of energy and I was feeling great. And then I went to bed, I woke up and I felt even better. And at that moment, I knew, you know, I still um, had a possibility of being positive. But I decided to put on my running shoes, put on a mask, and go for a run because I had so much energy. Like, you know when you can't sit still in your seat, like, you have to stand up and, like, walk around? I felt like that. And I was so excited. And as I was, like, putting my shoe on, my mom calls me, and she's like, Grace. And I was like, good morning. Rise and shine. (laughs) Um, And she was like, you tested positive for COVID. Stay in your room. I'll bring you breakfast. We're going to get tested, too. Just So just stay in there. And she was like, okay, I love you, bye. And she hung up. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> wait a minute. Like, it, it, it just, like, hit me all of a sudden. I was like, you're kidding, right? Because I had felt so good. And I was so convinced that I was ready to go back to school the next day. And I think that entire experience of being sick was really scary. And I was planning, uh, we were all planning to do a COVID episode and just talk about it. And I was going to talk about my COVID scare But instead, we're talking about my COVID experience, which is just, I hate to say it and I hate talking about this, but the actual experience of being in quarantine itself was pretty interesting. And we're going to get into that later. But basically, for the next 10 days, I had to be in quarantine. 
And after 10 days, I could get a test. And if that test result came back negative, then I can take that result, show the school nurse, show my teachers, and I could come back to school. Also, I had to be 24 hours without a fever without medication. So it was like this whole thing. And I remember texting Sophie and I was like, I'm positive. And she was like, what, what, what? And it was, I don't know, I think we were both in shock. Um, I've been talking for 10 minutes now and I need a breather. So I'm gonna go ahead and ask Sophie, what was your reaction? Because I told you over text, so I couldn't see it. Yeah, um, I mean, I guess, I think I conveyed it pretty well over text. (laughs) I was sitting across the table from one of my friends and I dropped my phone and I covered my mouth and I went, I can, like, I can imagine you doing that. <laughs> he was like, what happened? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know if I can tell you. <laughs> but I was sitting there and I was like, oh my God, no, no way. And <laughs> it was it was weird because the, or it wasn't weird. It was scary because mm-hmm. um, the day before Grace started experiencing symptoms, I hung out with her and we like went outside and ate food, whatever. Um, but then she started experiencing symptoms the next day, which means she probably had it for like a bit before that because you experience symptoms about like five days after you get it. So I was sitting here like, oh my God, what have I done? Like I was just in contact with a COVID positive person. And that's kind of when I started freaking out, not really as much for me, but more like me being at school. And like, I was scared about what I could do to other people. So I texted my mom and she was at work, so she couldn't respond. Um, but then later that night, I learned about the COVID protocol at the school. And I was like, okay, I am gonna go home. I'm gonna stay home. I'm gonna quarantine until I get my PCR back. Maybe I'll get a rapid test, blah, 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 whatever. Um, but no, that was not at all the procedure that we did. And um, I was really confused by that. And I think it's kind of scary now that I do know that Basically, what happens is um, if you're not experiencing symptoms, you go back to class like normal. You get the test and then you just go back to school. And I don't know what happens if you're positive. I know they pull you out, but I I fortunately was negative. So I don't Mm -hmm. know. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was really scary because all the while I was like going about school. I knew that I could possibly have the virus and I could be spreading it to just everybody around me. But the school won't let me go because... Mm -hmm. You know, the protocol doesn't state that I have to do that. So um, they had me go back to class. And uh, I don't know how I feel. Well, I feel very strongly about this protocol. And mm-hmm. I don't think that it's the correct thing to do, which is a big topic of this of this episode, which is like how the school is handling COVID, in our opinions. Um, Just to um, kind of touch on us and COVID, Sophie and I, we became friends over quarantine and we were texting for about what like six months Mm -hmm. um and then we started hanging out while you know we were still in the pandemic you know people were partying and going to clubs and stuff so it wasn't really a big deal for us to keep our masks on and like go for a walk in our (laughs) local park um but i don't know sophie and i it's always been the norm that we were covid safe like we were always so so careful Mm -hmm. and we were both convinced that we weren't gonna get it because sophie and i i don't even think we knew what each other looked like until like for a very long time because Mm -hmm. we would go to starbucks and get drinks and we would be on the street walking with our drink 
and we would turn around completely mm-hmm. and we would stick the straw up <laughs> under our mask take a sip and then turn around like we were so careful and sophie and i have never even been to each other's houses mm-hmm, so it's like we our friendship is literally built upon this idea of like we're in a pandemic mm-hmm. and sophie is super super safe and i knew that sophie didn't have it because she wasn't experiencing symptoms and also you know when we were hanging out we weren't like all up in each other's faces <laughs> and we were also outside mm-hmm. at a park so i think for both of us it was it was pretty disappointing and it was really scary and of course our school didn't handle it well um and this is the part where i'm gonna bring in ava and lauren to talk about um all of that but before we get into our opinions about how our school is handling it um our principal actually has a podcast and it's called principal kelly's corner right yeah yeah okay and you can find it on Spotify. Just type in Principal Kelly's Corner and you should be able to find it as well as if you go to 889thebridge.org, you should be able to find it on our school's radio station's website. If you want to check it out, I strongly advise you do that. I'm guessing most of our demographic is people who live on Mercer Island. And you know, you want to find out what your local high school principal person is saying so if you want to check it out he talks about all the different protocols he talks about if we would go online what has to happen he talks about what to do if you don't have covid and you don't have symptoms but you feel unsafe and he goes over a ton of topics if you go to 889 the bridge on instagram there's actually an instagram post with all of the timestamps. so if that's something that interests you i would go check that out I would also go check out a ton of different resources, like mainly the CDC website, and we'll link all of these things. But I'm telling you guys to go check out these other resources because we're about to get into talking about our opinion, and that's something that's very subjective. So we hope we don't offend anyone, but at the same time, we want to voice our opinions. So sophie i let her talk for like three minutes before i cut her off but she was going on a passionate roll about how much she cares about this so what do you think well i mean i kind of already said this earlier but i don't think that the school is handling this in a good way and i get that like options are limited because obviously we don't want school to go well the school system doesn't want school to go completely online because that was kind of just a mess when we did that last year and the year before that. So they're doing like everything in their power to not send us home. But at the same time, I feel like that's just endangering us a lot more. And like, of course, our education is valued, but isn't our safety also supposed to be valued? I mean, I feel like there are better options here. And there's kind of a lot of small things that they do that I just think are so dumb. Like um, this happened to me and Lauren the other day, uh, this was while Grace was sick, but basically we were all sitting at this table and there was about seven of us there. Um, and a staff member walked over to us and was like, hey, you guys, um, this table can only have six. If you don't move, we're gonna have to disband this table. So one of us got up and he was moving to another table, but then he was like, well, that table kind of has a lot more people. What if I just stay here? 
Um, but then the lady came back and she was like, yeah, guys, sorry. Like you have too many people here. So we're just going to remove this table and have you guys disperse. And, um, this personally, I don't see the logic here. I mean, I do obviously like, oh, too many people here. Let's just break off the table. But at the same time, they're sending us to go into the even more crowded part of the cafeteria and put even more people at the same tables just because we had one person over the limit and, Honestly, it's creating more exposure, and I thought it was really stupid, and I was pretty mad about it, because I was like, they're shutting off this usable space, because there was one extra person, and I get that that's, like, a liability, but they're putting us in more danger by sending us to go get more exposure elsewhere, because we all have to cram into a small space, and now there's no additional table, so it's even more, like, it's even more closely packed, and I just don't understand the logic there, and then you look over, and there's, like, you know, like 12 kids at this other table and they just don't seem to care. And I get that they're just trying to do their job. Like, I understand that completely. But it was just so stupid. And, you know, I'm still upset about it. I don't think that's right. And they're still doing it. And I still, I'm struggling to see the logic. And it's really frustrating because there's better ways that this could be handled. And... 152 students have gotten COVID in the past 14 days at our school. So yeah. that's about, what, 10%? 10% of the school has gotten COVID in the past 14 days. Like, I feel like I need to go, like, pull up a calculator. Like, the, like what? Yeah, no, 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 that's insane. And I think it's so weird that in the past it was, like, well, at least for me, I think I was one of the first ones to kind of get COVID because a, a couple of people got it over break and I also got it over break. Um, but this like surge in numbers started happening as soon as we got back. So I think I was one of the first few. And for me, it felt like I was, you know, like my dad, he I, I did, literally did not see him for a week. Uh, same thing with my sister and I felt like I was, you know, I have, like, this scary, like, disease. I'm going to kill my entire family. Like, it felt like that. And then now, it's kind of been this almost casual, normalized thing. Right. Oh, your sister has COVID? Oh, I see, I see, I see. Yeah, there used yeah. to be, like, so much shame associated with getting COVID. Like, I remember my family, we would get tested because we were going to go to, like, visit family in another state. And my brother, he's 10, and he would be so, like, he'd be so worried. He was like but what if I have COVID? Like, there was such, like, this worry factor. And now, we like, we're all seeing it as, like, oh, just another thing. Like, there are so many people who are getting it, and it's just normalized now. It's like, oh, you got COVID? Oh, you get to do some classes on at home. Like, you're so lucky. Like, it's starting to become a matter of not if, but when. That's that, exactly that's what I said. That's something that my mom to... loves to say, so yeah. shout out to my mother. <laughs> no, I heard your mom say that, and it was like, that's exactly what I said to Grace over the break. Like, we were stressing about it. We were like, oh my god, the whole wrestling team just got COVID. We probably have been exposed. And I told her, I was like, I feel like it's not a matter of if, but a matter of when. And she was like, that's really scary. And I was like, you know what? It is really scary. <laughs> and, I mean, this morning, too, I was talking to one of my friends, and she was like, oh yeah, somebody I know's sister has it. And I was like, oh, okay. And she was like, I should probably stay away from you then. And I was like, you know what? I've had so much exposure already. Like, 10 of these people in this hallway probably have COVID. Yeah, no, way more than 10. And there are so many opportunities for exposure at the school. Like, mm -hmm. before break, they used to send out emails, 
like there was all all of a sudden right before break there was just a surge of emails that everyone got and then this group chat everyone was like did you just get a COVID email and the email would say like you have been in contact with someone who has just tested positive with COVID um if you were in close contact and need a test we'll send a follow-up email I never got a follow-up me I never got a follow-up email, so I wasn't too worried about it, but it's still really concerning. Mm-hmm. They don't but even then, send those emails yeah. you, know, you know how Apple, like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know about Android, but Apple has this, like, function where mm-hmm. it'll alert you if you were around, you know, COVID. I don't know how that works, but Ava and I, we were, like, talking about it, and Ava, like, got the notification. So mm-hmm. what ended up happening? I don't know. It was just really weird because no one else in my family has gotten mm-hmm. it, but, like, the notification, I've gotten it, like, twice before, and I haven't gotten sick at all, but also with the notification, like, I feel like there's so much possibility for, like, people around you, because I think it tracks on location, correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, there's so many things that, like, go on, like, my dad mm-hmm. goes to the hospital to work, he comes back, that could have been one of the cases, or, like, the exposures that I got, and even at school, like, I'm pretty sure I've been exposed, like, multiple times this year. Yeah, like, no, there's... Probably, like, so All many of times. us probably no, have. Mm-hmm. Like, like back to the emails, they've stopped sending them entirely. Yeah. And in one of my classes, the kids are so jam-packed in there. There is a whole, like, L-shape out of the tables around me of yeah, kids who are yeah. out from COVID. Like, an entire row of chairs, people... There's no one there because they're out from COVID. And that mm-hmm. would be considered, like, close contact, but nobody cares anymore, and the emails aren't being sent because 10%, literally 10% of the school has gone COVID in the past 14 days. Not all time. Past 14 days. Oh, my gosh. That's statistic. And also, the school is trying to make the case that um, COVID isn't being spread at school. Oh, my school. God. That is so... It oh pisses me God. off, and I'm like... Okay, like, I get that it was spread over break and stuff, but then you bring these kids back to school, and, I mean, there was literally a case where this kid got pulled out of class because he literally tested positive for COVID, and they sent him to class still. No, they do that because... They still do that. They send you back to get your stuff even if you tested positive. Like, where is the logic? I know, and I just, I don't get it, because if you really cared, wouldn't we be transferring online? Mm -hmm. And, like, the protocol is just so convoluted at this point, like... No one knows. It's constantly updating, and people, like, don't follow it. Like, I know it's really hard with so many people in our school, but the fact that, like, they're not really clear on the protocol at all. Like, I was wondering, since I got exposed to someone, well, like, not directly, but, like, yeah, I was wondering what to do because I got exposed, sort of, but there wasn't really any protocol. I didn't get any emails, like, nothing. I had no idea what I was supposed to do. Uh And also, they don't let you know anymore, so I would have had no idea if I didn't know Mm -hmm. this person personally. Like, I just wouldn't have known. And that's scary because there's probably tons of people that have it or, you know, know, contacted me. What I think is really strange is people who have COVID or people who get exposed, like, they just, like, show up to school. Because for me, so I tested negative, um, like, finally. I tested negative on a Sunday and then... I came back to school on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So even though I knew I was negative, like, just to be safe. I don't know why. I don't know what the logic for me was. But, like, just to be safe. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to wait it out. Because, you know, know, my sister, my mom, my dad, like, I was was taking my sweet old time. (laughs) And I think even though you don't want to miss school and, you know, online school, you don't learn as well. 
you just just be safe like you can you can skip like what biology as long as you're you know you're keeping people safe so i Mm -hmm. was really really disappointed to find out that a lot of people who had covid or who were like exposed to people who had covid were just like fearlessly like marching back into school Mm -hmm. like girl and some people do that without pcr tests and the thing is with rapid tests if you're asymptomatic um rapid tests aren't as effective Mm -hmm. So, you know, there could be a kid who's just asymptomatic, but he just, you know, does a quick rapid and is like, well, I'm negative. Time to go back to school. There's just no suspicion at all. No PCRs. And it's like something taken way too lightly because it just happens all the time now. And I mean, even as we're sitting right here, I'm still thinking about who I've been in contact with today who could have exposed me to it. And it's normal now. And um, the protocol is just not lining up for me, you know. I would also like to clarify that um, if you do have COVID, there is no shame in it. Like we said, shame factor has been taken away. Grace is out here saying, oh, I had COVID. It was really <laughs> bad. Like, don't yeah, get it, yeah, guys. Yeah. But I remember one of my teachers, he came up to the class and he was like, okay, guys, this morning I got an email from one of my other students from another period or something. And they said that they didn't get their absence excused for COVID because they were embarrassed that they had COVID. And COVID isn't something you would contract that you should be embarrassed about. At this point, it's unstoppable. You should be embarrassed about things like, like, what did he say? He was like, you should be embarrassed about getting, like, scabies. Like, schools can't even control getting a lice outbreak. (laughs) Like, you shouldn't be stressed about this because you shouldn't be worried. Like, you should be worried about it, but, like, don't be embarrassed if you get it because at this point, like we said, not a matter of, not a matter of if, but a matter of when. Yeah, my English teacher, I remember, uh, we had a speech. We had to memorize something, and you could do it in front of the class if you wanted to. But anyway, <laughs> um, I really wanted to do my speech in front of the class, but unfortunately, I had to do it over Zoom with my teacher one on one. And I remember I got on the call with him, and he was like. I thought he was just going to be like, okay, ready, set, go. But instead, um, I'll just say his name, Mr. Goldhammer. He's probably not going to listen to this, but he's one of my favorite teachers, not only because he's genuinely a good teacher, but he's genuinely caring too. So I remember he was like, are you feeling okay? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I was so sad. And he was like, Grace, you know what? I have 14, you know, I have ton of kids out today. Actually, my other teacher said he had 14 kids out in total um, because of COVID. But Mr. Goldhammer said, yeah, you know, there are a ton of people out for COVID. Like, at this point, it's inevitable. Like, everyone's going to get it. You're fine. Just, you know, recover. Um, I hope you feel better. And I was like, thank you, Mr. Goldhammer. (laughs) Um, So I definitely agree with you, Lauren. And I also want to talk about something else. The amount of, like, people testing right now is insane because i don't know where you guys went but in order to get my two pcr tests so i got two in total and i had to wait in line for well for the first one i had to wait in line for an hour for the second one it was a rapid test and i had to wait in line for two hours and for the third one it was only 40 minutes but like isn't that crazy to you because for me we drove up to the pcr testing site and i literally played an entire song just while we were driving to the end of the line so that's like what a song is three minutes it was three minutes of driving just to get to the end of the line to get in line for testing 
Like, that's insane. One of the kids in my classes, he said that he, like, it was like, oh, what did you do over the weekend? And he said he waited in line six hours for a COVID test. Mm-hmm. Six hours. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, there's a quite a bit of backup. Um, I'm lucky. When I got my test, my mom's a healthcare worker, and at her clinic, they do tests and stuff, so... She was able to get me in, like, really, really quickly. I didn't have to wait at all. Um, So that was really, really fortunate. I didn't even realize there was so much backup until Grace was, like, texting me while I was getting my test. And she was like, is there a long line? And I was like, girl, what line? (laughs) So um, it's really weird knowing that so many people are getting tests. And it makes me wonder, like, is there going to be, like, a shortage of tests? I know there's already a shortage of rapids because, like, I don't know, there's some people hoarding them, I've heard which is really interesting. Um, and one day at my mom's work, they ran out of tests and it's just getting really crazy. And um, I wish that we could take tests like every single day to be safe, but unfortunately we don't have those resources, which makes things a bit more um, scary. My brother's school, he goes to a private school and his school has totally stepped up its game. Um, I would say the name of the school and like shout out the like person who runs the school but I will not for privacy reasons but if you're hearing this and you work at my brother's school please congratulate yourselves on actually like being able to have control of the situation um but they are requiring all their kids to either have KN95s or N95s to school um they are having kids do testing I'm not sure how often but they ordered their own like PCR setup So their kids do PCR tests every so often. I'm not sure if it's like every day or every week, but PCR tests and they ordered their own situation. N95, CAN95, they're offering online for kids who aren't feeling well or anything and they can just go in. And the week after a break, his school was online for three days. The first day, just so everyone could cool down. Second day, so everyone could get tested and let their test score, not test score, (laughs) their their test um, results come back. Third day was over an overwhelming amount of people actually had COVID. So they just postponed it, had everyone get tested again because they did like some kind of testing where everyone's is together. But they had the people who tested negative go back to school, the people who tested positive stay online. And so I think although our school doesn't have the like resources, resources yeah. to do that at our school, because his school's a private school, but I don't know if there's any way that could at least enforce the masks like they are at his school. Yeah, exactly. No, I feel like there's a lot more that they could be doing. For example, when Lauren was talking about how they offer online, it reminded me that our school does not offer online until, like, there's this huge process. You have to test... It's such a bad process. Yeah, you have to test positive with COVID, and you have to wait a couple days and whatever, send your results in to the nurse, and they'll set up a Zoom for you, but you can't just actively have those resources so the thing is with that policy like if they're already offering online resources to quarantine kids why can't they just let people who are like don't want to get the virus like go online like i'm sure they've addressed like logistics and stuff but it just doesn't really add up in my mind and especially like all the things that they're doing i feel like they aren't really prioritizing our safety and i feel like that should be the number one priority during this time all the students are getting really concerned about it and a student a couple weeks ago like a week ago made a petition um to get our school to offer an online option that you don't have to like get like approved for Mm -hmm. 
that they can just have open for people who aren't comfortable or people with high-risk people in their family. And so I think we'll probably put that in the um, description of the podcast today. But I don't know. A lot of people have signed it. Or I think it's like 200-something, which isn't a lot. But more people than the people who have COVID at our school. Um, But I think it's really good that people at our school are being proactive about it and saying, okay, we need to make a change. How are we going to do that? Also, with, like, all the concerns that are happening, I know a couple people have emailed one of my friends. Shout out to... I know you're probably listening, but, yeah, she wrote it. We love you, Taylor. (laughs) She wrote a whole email, like, trying to ask admin to make changes in their policies and stuff. And the thing is, she got a really interesting response. It was... It, like... It said, yeah, we acknowledge your concerns, but they did nothing about it. They're like, yeah, we use your email to make a couple of changes, but we did not see any of the concerns that she had addressed. And that was really mm-hmm. disappointing. And then I know another friend who wrote an email, no response at all, like at all, period. And that's just kind of disappointing since <laughs> like we have concerns. Can you address them, please? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, the school is really, like, well-funded by, like, the parents, mm-hmm. and I think the parents, like, we've, like, we've always said, parents on Mercer Island are, can be pretty intense because they yeah. come from really good backgrounds of Ivy League schools, and that means they really value education, and if their student's going back online, then education technically is not as good, um, but I think prioritize your own safety and others over education and I know like it's like whoa like final week is next week like (laughs) oh oh my goodness but for those for the people who are listening I would just like to publicly say that students don't want to go online just to cheat and to have a free day and Mm -hmm. I think that's such a big misconception because everyone's like, oh, like, everyone just expects the worst of teenagers, and I understand that. Like, I've seen a teenage movie or two, but, like, we do realize our own safety. We do realize our own, like, risk, and that's why we're asking to be online. If it was Mm -hmm. any other circumstance, and that's why the petition is being made now, that's why we're all concerned now, is because of this flare-up in numbers. And we could have been asked to be online since the beginning of school just for cheating or whatever reasons. But it's so important now because mm-hmm. we're concerned about our own safety. They think we're, like, stupid. Because there's a, a good amount of kids at our school who are ignorant and just don't give... Who don't care um, about exposure in the virus at all. And so I guess they're grouping everybody into this group. And they're like, oh, well, you know, these kids, they don't care. But all of a sudden they want to be online. They must want to cheat. No, I literally don't care anymore. I just want to go home. You know what I'm saying? Um, One of my teachers always talks about how he talks to admin or just the higher-ups and how they're all concerned that, like, we lost our brains over the COVID year and we're never going to get it back. Mm -hmm. And he always talks to them about how smart we are. And, like, if there's ever, like, a test we do poorly on, he's like, I always tell them how smart you are. You guys, you you got it. Like, I believe in you. Like, it's that feeling of, like, someone believing in us. And I know people aren't believing us. People are saying, oh, you just want to go online to cheat. You just want to, like, you're not getting a good education because you're online. I think it's better to not get a good education online than to get sick and get your family sick and, like, potentially die. Like, hello? The only way we would go online is if a ton of teachers got COVID. Oh, yeah. And, okay, This is, like, really, like, 
guys, this is tea. This entire 40 minutes, we've been talking about like facts and our opinions, but guys, this is gossip. We're transitioning into the <laughs> sleepover style of okay, our podcast. Okay, let's go, let's go. There are people who are like wishing for teachers to get COVID. It's so bad. So that we can go online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Ooh. they're like, oh, this teacher has COVID. That is so sad. <laughs> like, and I was like, hello? <laughs> what? You are, really, are you really wishing for like this actual teacher, this dad to get COVID? Like it just blew my mind. Okay, I think it's one thing to wish for your own safety, but it's another to like wish bad safety on other people bad safety or you know what i'm saying wish like ill upon others yeah i wish Don't ill upon it, others guys. that's what i'm saying and okay <laughs> so kind of this is kind of to you but um like grace was saying the only way we'd go online is if a bunch of teachers got covid and that's because there is a like staffing shortage and recently the school district sent out an email to parents saying hey um don't you guys aren't qualified but um, we're having a staffing shortage, and we need parents to sign up as substitute teachers. That is not, like, good for education either, though. Yeah, Like, they prioritize education, but not, like, online teaching from an actual teacher would be better than in-person, like, you know yeah. what I'm trying no, to say? Like, like, I had a teacher who was out for other reasons. It wasn't because of COVID. And, um, like, one day we went into class, and there was no teacher because of this staffing shortage. And there was a substitute that was supposed to show up. But there was just no teacher there. And there was just another teacher who had um, an off period just come in and, like, supervise us while we sat there doing nothing. And it's, I don't know. I feel like if you have to be emailing parents to say, please volunteer to be a sub, that's... Red flag. Yeah, red flag. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Last night at, like, the dinner table, my dad was talking about how he was reading the Seattle Times and he pulled up this like article and it was like all these schools are online and it was just like all the way to the bottom like he gets physical newspapers because you know we love physical newspapers (laughs) um but all the way to the bottom it was all names of schools in washington state who have gone online and my mom when we came back to from break she like saw all these schools go online she was like even southern schools are going back online like she always says, like, it's absurd, that, like, the word absurd, um, that your school isn't going online because all these other schools are, like, southern schools, colleges, um, all these schools in Washington. I remember one time before this certain person got COVID, her and I were checking the dashboard, and it was in front of our whole Chinese class, and we were like, oh, at Bellevue, they have, like, four kids sick. Like, only four. And I'm not sure if it was Bellevue, and I'm not sure if that was the exact number, but it was really low. It was in, like, the single digits. Really? Yeah. And I was like, this is insane. I thought Mercer Island was supposed to be smart. Like, I thought we were supposed to be a little isolated (laughs) community. I thought we were supposed to be the safest. But even these other schools that are bigger than us and um, less isolated than us are having less, like, way less cases than us. I mean, think about it like a zombie game. And there's an island that you go to. And on the island, there's a chance that it's going to be safe. And you're going to be safe there from the zombies. But there's also a high chance that the island is going to be infested with zombies because it is its own little bubble of zombies. Yeah, I think sometimes our isolation works against us because um, at some point just all of us are probably going to get it. And we're such a small community that it spreads so easily. And um, yeah, that's pretty scary. And 
Um, we're fortunate enough to know that we're going to be okay even if we do get it because we have the privilege of being vaccinated. But um, there are some people at our school who just don't get vaccinated, and it makes me really nervous. And I guess this is a reminder to get vaccinated if you can. It just mm-hmm. increases your chances tremendously. And it, Just tell your friends to get vaccinated, too. Yeah. Like Over the summer, I had this one friend, and she was like, you know what? The only reason I got vaccinated was because I could hang out with you. Even if the only reason your friend is getting vaccinated is so they can hang out with you, I mean, they're still getting vaccinated, so there's that. A vaccine yeah. is a vaccine. A vaccine is a vaccine. We've done one other COVID episode because it we've was kind two. of like... We've done like so, yeah. yeah, so we've done a few COVID episodes. And in all of those episodes, I've been like, guys, it's so important to be safe. I love you guys. And it was like this, like, you know, yeah, but now it's different because I've actually had it. And it's not like, oh, I had COVID. I had to stay home. It sucked. It's like I was so we haven't seen um, some of our family friends, um, but they're like actual family to us. So I just call her my aunt. But I haven't seen my aunt or my cousins in a couple of months. And they live, what, six minutes away from us. So it makes me so sad because I single-handedly saw how it affected my life. And it's much different. Like, if you see someone with a broken arm, you're like, oh, shucks. That must suck that you have a broken arm. Um, Wow, that must be really uncomfortable. But then if you actually break your arm, then you experience how uncomfortable it is, how painful it is, and how much it affects your daily life. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with COVID. Like you, anyone listening to this, if you've never had COVID, you understand how serious it is, but you will never understand what it's like to actually have it. It just changes your perspective entirely. I'm not recommending to go out there and get COVID. Don't do that. You don't need to actually, you know, experience having the virus to understand what I'm saying, but it definitely provided another perspective for me because thank God, um, none of my family members were like severely sick, but it was really scary. So my last words are stay safe. And even if you feel like you're safe, do your best to make sure the people around you are safe. And that's how we're gonna stop this. So my last words will be to the MIHS administration. While I appreciate everything that they're trying to do for us and how much I know it must be really stressful trying to deal with like the school getting COVID, everyone getting COVID, even some administration members getting COVID. I think they should really try and reevaluate their like priorities and sort of. I know a lot of people are really scared right now. A lot of students and especially teachers are scared with the situation right now. And I think right now, what they should be administration you should be doing is just trying to see where your priorities lie. Because right now, I know you guys really prioritize education, but I feel like our safety should always come before our education because someone might die. Like Grace was saying, I think a main way to be cautious is if you ever feel unwell, make sure you get a COVID test. Whether that's, oh, my throat's feeling a little scratchy. Maybe it's I'm dehydrated, but it could also be COVID. Like, you just really need to, like double triple check because i know that was like a really big concern in the beginning of the pandemic like back to 2020 but that's something we need to revisit now that numbers are back up and things are starting to get more serious and omicron is so contagious 
even though death rates aren't up, it's still dangerous and um like hospitals are getting overwhelmed and i know my grandma where she lives their hospital they have put out a like full up like mandate for masks or i think it was mask mandate it's in like a more like red state so that's why it's a little different but their hospitals are getting overwhelmed by people and also so much of their staff has gotten sick from the people from in the hospitals so they've had all these emergency responders calling in sick because of COVID, because they're getting it from everyone. So I think that just goes to show you how really contagious it is and how cautious you need to be, whether that's you've been in close contact with someone within the past 14 days, I'd say is a safe range. And it just really being vigilant about all of this. Exactly. I think what we should do is treat this variant the way we treated it the first time, the way we treated the first variant when it first arrived, because honestly, the whole situation is happening all over again. It's even the same like month Um, and people are just treating it so differently and they're acting like it just doesn't exist and it doesn't matter. But it really does. And uh, like Lauren was saying, hospitals are being overwhelmed right now. My dad, he's an anesthesiologist at a hospital here and um They put out a mandate that certain surgeries are being canceled um, because the beds are all taken, it's overflowing, and they're having to cancel surgeries. And um, my dad, a bunch of his co-workers have also contracted it, and there's already a shortage of anesthesiologists, as there is, but um, now there's even less, and it's making things so much more dangerous. And I just wish people would take it seriously and really, really be careful, because honestly, that's all we can do right now. Just really stay safe, put your safety first, protect the people around you, and, like, actually care about it, because it is a really big deal, and it's still severe, it's really awful, and we have to end it by doing our part. For the first time in a very long time, we have actually talked over, like, 40 minutes. This is, what, going to be an hour-long episode, um... And that just goes to show how passionate we are about this topic. It's not to be taken lightly, but at the same time, we hope that you guys can understand that these are our opinions and, you know, everything we're saying. um, We did do, like, research. We looked stuff up, but it may not be 100% accurate. So just keep that in mind. And also keep in mind that we're all students And we are really scared. So please, please, please consider our opinion. Uh, We're doing the best we can. So we hope you guys can do the best you can. Um, I'm so sorry that we ended off on such a heavy note. But, you know, to lighten things up, we are almost at 3,000 downloads. Yay. Um, Thank you so much. I can't even, I don't even know what else to say. Thank you. Um, It means a lot that you guys support us on all platforms. Oh my gosh. Wait, Ava just checked and we are 10 downloads away from 3,000 downloads. That's actually insane. that means you need to download this immediately. Immediately download this, guys. Go, go, Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyways, um, we don't just do podcast stuff. We're trying to do more video content. So if you want to check that out. You can find us on Instagram at Rice and Shine Podcast. So yeah, if you guys want to check out any of those, we'd really appreciate it. And we will see you next time.